Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it's time for strange news. We have outrage in Mexico. We have conspiracy theories about COVID-19, but not the kind you might expect and not from the place you might assume. And in other news, someone may have stolen the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, that Ark of the Covenant, the same one referenced in uh, both the Bible and then later the Indiana Jones film franchise, which are two weird bookends to put on that, I guess. <laughs> and if you're a if you're a longtime listener of the show or, or viewer of the YouTube channel, you know that we have attempted to find the location of the Ark of the Covenant multiple times, and we thought we narrowed it down, at least if one really did exist, where it probably was. And this story is bringing that all home. Is that, the, is that the one where the Nazis get melted, get their faces melted? Yeah, in Indiana Jones. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not the Ark. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. Not the, <laughs> not the Bible version. Right. But that Indiana Jones scene is based very loosely on some of the warnings about the biblical Ark, mm -hmm. which is, you know, um, how one should or should not gaze upon it. Uh, <laughs> it does turn out there are no Nazis in the Bible. Right, right, right. In the version that most people use, I would assume right. there yes. might be there there might be a couple of independent interpretations, <laughs> a remix version floating around that Hitler put forth. Mm -hmm. And there's always somebody writing a third testament throughout mm -hmm. history uh, of one sort or another. Well, if that's OK, then, guys, let's start. Let's start with that story. So. Cool. So spoiler alert, by way of background, what Matt's referring to when he says, you know, 
uh, we tried to look for, we looked for the Ark of the Covenant several times over the mm-hmm. course of this show. That is true. Uh, we were intensely interested in this, you know, stuff they want you to know always loves hidden history and historical mysteries. Uh, the Bible is full of those, or the, the stories, places, people, events, artifacts depicted in the Bible are always of great interest to historians. Like we've seen in other in other explorations of history, the world eats the works of man. So it can be incredibly difficult to verify things that happened in the 11th century, much much less things that happened back in the what we call the BCEs. So it, it's tough to figure out where facts and and myths begin. But the Ark of the Covenant is a little bit uh a little bit of an exception so basically what it is is a gold covered wooden chest and it's got a lid over it and according to the story it contains the two actual stone tablets of the 10 commandments and then uh you'll see other biblical sources saying it contains a pot of manna Aaron's rod and so on uh the weird thing that we found was that for a very, very long time, there has been a group of people in Ethiopia who claim to possess the actual 100% genuine Ark of the Covenant. Keep in mind, Ethiopia itself has a, a storied ancient history and and in our earlier works, we dove into the possibilities that it could be there and one of the things that we found, or or something they believed to be the art could be there, we should say, important distinction. One of the things we found is that the story of the Ark ending up in Ethiopia is true in that there is a church that claims to possess it and has for a long time. And Matt, I know you'll recall, it seemed that the keepers of the Ark were sincere. Uh, th- their only rule is that why they can't let anybody other than the priest view the ark, but they will yes. gladly describe it to you in detail consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's a point of contention because it feels like if you truly did have the ark of some, you know, you may want to show that off for numerous reasons, if not only to in some way make money to better secure that ark. But, you know, what what we've read and what we've seen over the years is that one of the main reasons for not letting anyone see it is to kind of keep this air of mystery about it because they if they did truly have it if they do truly have it they want to protect it and it struck us and it strikes me currently right now as the one of the main reasons that it feels like it might not be genuine Hmm. because it's almost like you could tell the tale of what this glorious arc looks like that you're keeping back here it's just behind you know, this wall, you can't, you can't go back there, but no, it's there and it's glorious. And let me tell you all about it. Um, it strikes you as maybe not being genuine, but when something like, you know, the story that we're, we're getting into today comes out, it, it does make you feel like maybe there was something back there. I think, I think, I think it's important to, to say too, like, I mean, just in general, holy relics or like physical objects that are associated with religion are super powerful, you know, because it's almost like, you know, proof positive, like this is real. See, I have this thing that like proves the existence of God or proves the existence of a particular, you know, dogma, like the Shroud of Turin, for example, which is like this uh, piece of cloth that supposedly was Jesus's burial, you know, shroud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Things like that uh, have a lot of political power. True, true. And I like that you're differentiating between political power and maybe supernatural power. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I meant. Yes. Reliquaries are hugely important uh, because for true believers, just a reliquary, for instance, is the container of a body part of a saint. Uh, So those things are hugely important uh, for both of those reasons that you just described, Noel. Uh, They may prove the physical existence of that saint or holy figure. And then they also are, and I don't mean to sound cold when I say this, just historically look at it. It's great 
marketing. It's a mark of prestige for the church or the institution that has it. What makes us different from the church in the next village over? Well, we have the two thumb bones of, you know, St. Martin on toast, which is hopefully not a real saint. And I apologize if that is a real saint (laughs) and I've offended anyone. Uh, But yeah, St. Martin on toast, patron saint of thumbs. We've got his thumbs come to our church service. This problem or this phenomenon is at its most extreme degree when we're talking about something like the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, One of the explanations or rationales behind not showing this to the uninitiated is that you'll recall in uh, in, in biblical writing, the men of Beth Shemesh gazed upon the Ark and as punishment, God uh, smote 70 of them, or 50,070 in some translations. Again, this all, all this stuff happened a long time ago. Can I say I'm a huge fan of the tense uh, smote? To, uh, to smite, one was smote. Uh, but I also love that it also applies to being like in love with somebody, to be smitten. You mm. know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny etymology there. <laughs> so that's, that's the reasoning. This is the thing that's happened. A lot of folks in the West aren't aware that to the true believers of this theory, the mystery of the ark was solved long ago. But fast forward, fast forward to the modern day. Ethiopia is one of the oldest countries in the world that's been extant from its inception to the modern day. It's, it's believed to have developed as a country all the way back in 980. BCE. So Ethiopia was around during the days of early Christianity. Ethiopia was around uh, when a lot of the events depicted in the Bible occurred. I mean, not Genesis, but you get the gist of what I'm saying, the genegist of what we're saying here. So Aksum, Ethiopia, the place is the Mariam Tisian Church. Uh, also known as the Tawado Church, the Ethiopian Orthodox Tawado Church. And this location claims to be the the home of the biblical Ark of the Covenant. Uh, It was moved, apparently, uh, to the Chapel of the Tablet, which is adjacent to the old church, because get this, a divine heat from the tablets within the ark had cracked the stones of the previous uh, storage facility. It was actually Emperor Haile Selassie's wife, Empress Menon, who paid for the construction of the new chapel. So this happened uh, in recent history, but even more recently, this holy site was under attack. And the locals... Just to give you the headline here, the locals are convinced that part of the motivation for the attack, which killed around 750 people, was to take possession of the biblical Ark of the Covenant. This is per the Europe External Program with Africa, uh, and the Ethiopian National Defense Force reported to them that the church had been attacked and hundreds of people were hiding in the church. They were brought out into the square and shot. Uh, You can look at video showing the aftermath of the massacre. The military has been fighting with anti-communist insurrectionary forces uh, that control parts of the region. So we we can't dismiss the enormous tragedy of almost a thousand people dying in this in this attack, but we also have to ask ourselves why wasn't this reported uh, more often in the West? Like, anywhere, anywhere, really? Yeah, uh, I cannot. I cannot find a publication that has any of the information there. the The most trustworthy news source is that it's from that EE. PA.BE, the mm-hmm. Europe External Program with Africa. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's like a one, it's it's a tiny little sentence essentially that describes this thing. Yeah. So the, the EEPA report is the most credible source I could find here. Uh, and it does prove that people were attacked by a force including eight 
tanks, 20 buses, five heavy trucks. I mean, people were hiding in the church to survive, not for fun. But this report does also specifically mention the local concern that the ultimate goal of the attack was to remove the Ark from its resting place, or the alleged Ark, we should say. I, although, I, to the point about lack of Western coverage, my, my thought was, could it be possible that people were mentioning the Ark of the Covenant here as a way to get more coverage from the West? Is that what the aim was? I mean, I'm not accusing anybody of trying to put their uh, fingers on the PR scale here. But as we were taking this apart, and again, there there's not a, a ton of reporting on this, especially not in English. As we were taking this apart, we found that there is an information war going on. And Ethiopian listeners, please write in and let us know uh, let us know your take on the ground or, or you know if you know anybody in the region what what they think of this. But because we've seen people saying that some folks are welcoming this uh, anti-communism group, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Uh, it seems like there are shifting opinions at times between the the government, between support for the government and support for the insurrectionists, which, if you think about it, does have a certain type of logic to it because the insurrectionist or the TPLF would be made of people from these regions often, right? It's not an outside force is what I'm saying. Also, there's a tricky thing I noticed. The Tigray group has been called anti-communist, but then they've also been called communist. And then one time there was a coalition with the government. So now they're being called ethnic rebels. It's like the story and the reporting keeps shifting. Everything about this story is is, uh, tricky. But what do you guys think? Do you think, okay, first, do you think it's feasible that uh, violent groups would attack these kinds of institutions to sell artifacts and, you know, historical documents and stuff. I think that's 100% possible. I think it's a huge business. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it too much trouble? I mean, 750 people dead. I I, I don't know, man. I, it feels like it would be worth it to sweep that church, right? Uh, if you're, if you're, if you have a military convoy moving through the area that church is essentially on the, on the way why would you not sweep the church for some kind of as terrible as it sounds uh another way to fund the war effort hmm. right um but i think that would be the only reason um there's a there's a story out of reuters that is from last year uh like late I- november Okay, early yeah. early December, and it's talking mm-hmm. about some of the same types of missions. Title is Ethiopian military operation in Tigray is complete, Prime Minister says. That's the title of the Reuters article. And it's describing similar things where many, many thousands are believed to have been killed throughout this campaign, um, or since 2018 at least, when the fighting kind of began, as well as, you know, countless people fleeing to Sudan and other countries. And it's describing, uh, you know, some of the same things that we're hearing in this latest report. It's feeling like, and again, it's weird for me to trust Reuters, um, but I do trust Reuters, you know, more. I I've found that the other story in a couple of places, but I, I do trust them in some weird way. And maybe that is my own, I don't know, cognitive dissonance of some sort, but it's, um, it's just showing that this this is an early report that we're telling you about today, and that may be one of the reasons why we're not hearing more about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we could do an entire episode on the illegal antiquities market. I mm-hmm. think the most famous example in the West is probably World War II, uh, but don't don't assume that that was just one. Uh, that that was just some sort of historical one-off. The war in Iraq led to the looting of the museums of note in that part of the world. Uh, There's a thriving international art trade, partially for money laundering, which I think we've (laughs) 
I don't think it's controversial to say that at this point. But my last question for you guys before we move on, could there be something to this story? Could there be, supernatural or not, uh, some kind of artifact as old as the Ark of the Covenant? The, I appreciate bringing up Shroud of Turin because it's, it's conclusively proven that that is probably a myth, I think, from the 12th or 13th centuries, mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. guess. But, the, um, but maybe is, is this Ark the same thing or is it just something... Like so much time has passed, it would be amazing if it was just some other box or some other container from around the same time. We would still learn so much from it. Really quickly, you guys, um, you know, for the longest time, even uh, back, you know, when I first started hearing about Indiana Jones and the and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I always assumed that it was Noah's Ark. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Why? What? How come you can call a giant boat an ark, but you can also call a gilded box an ark? Well, I mean, it both carried something significantly important if the tales were true, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but is an ark specifically like a housing for important things, or is it just like a vessel of any kind and maybe just like a more antiquated term? I'm assuming that's the answer, but I don't really know. Well, it's uh, it's the definitions are both the archaic. <laughs> archaic definitions are both uh, a chester box or a large flat bottom boat specifically uh, but the one that's accepted often now is a vessel or sanctuary that serves as protection against extinction which could kind of apply to the box as well oh that's good that's a good one i like that definition uh fascinating okay well there you go I feel like I've solved a personal uh, mystery, even though it was as simple as a, as a Google away. But yeah, fascinating story, Ben. So back to my question that I just asked, is this a, um, do you think there could be something there? If there's a box, is it roughly the same age as we believe the Ark of the Covenant to be? Is it, is it a hoax? Could it have some actual, I don't know, something weird about it? Cracking foundations uh, via heat from tablets is it's possible for a heat source to crack a stone foundation, but I feel like maybe just time could account for that. I don't know. For sure. I mean, you know, historians and archaeologists have long kind of uh, quibbled over whether this thing could possibly exist. There's a great article in National Geographic's is why the Ark of the Covenant is one of history's enduring mysteries by Richard A. Lovett and Scott Hoffman. And there's a really interesting quote from National Geographic Society fellow Fred Hebert, um, who believes the this this quest to find this thing is ultimately uh, doomed to fail. He says, we're talking about things at the crossroads between myth and reality. I think it's great to have stories like that of the Ark of the Covenant, but I do not believe, as a field archaeologist, that we can use the scientific method to prove or disprove them. Well, yeah, no. you could. You walk <laughs> into the church and you go, show me the ark and they go no and they go show me the ark <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask matt what do you what do you think it feels like there's something in there right and i know not to be all t- too seven about it but there's you know what's in the box um, <laughs> well but that's the whole thing like how can you sure there might be a box or an ark but is it the box or the ark you know that's mm-hmm. the whole that's, that's that's my whole point mm-hmm. or, and or question I'm going to go with there's nothing in that room and there's not a thing in there and it's a place it's a place to worship it's like a or it's a person that they're saying is the ark of the no I'm just joking I, I have no idea nobody knows unless mm. you've been in there and our call is for anyone who has been in that room mm-hmm. tell us what you saw mm. or if you were just anywhere near that area when this went down what actually happened over the past couple of weeks there. And, uh, you know, if this were long-form improv, we would end up saying, turns out the real arc is the friends we made along the way. Yes. Uh, We're using a bit of levity here, but of course the situation in Ethiopia is massively dangerous. It's unsustainable. It's being underreported in our opinion. So we would love to hear once again from people on the ground or anyone who knows someone on the ground. Stay safe out there, folks. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor. We'll be back with more strange news. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we are back with another strange, uh, kind of predictable news story, but still weird, uh, about COVID-19, that old chestnut. Um, so, you know, how we reported on COVID-19 uh, really before things got crazy, um, not trying to pat ourselves on the back or anything, but when there really was a lot of mystery behind where this thing started, there were a lot of theories. Uh, we didn't quite know how bad it was going to get, but we've been following this for quite a long time and living it for what seems like uh, an awful, awful long time. Um, and, you know, the Trump administration used rhetoric uh, pretty effectively to kind of hang the blame on China, which to the best of our knowledge, you know, is is accurate that this virus was, you know, uh, did originate in China, potentially at this uh, wet market that we described in Wuhan. Um, but, you know, a lot of the language surrounding it was kind of steeped in racism and othering. And we don't have to get into that. But China... Uh, has has finally kind of clapped back uh, in their own sort of 
campaign of somewhat misleading and unverifiable information um, and also just kind of trying to throw up a bit of a smokescreen to, to deflect some of the blame from themselves and uh, deflect it back at us as, as a country. Um, some unsubstantiated claims coming from Chinese, official Chinese government sources uh, that the coronavirus may have actually not originated in Wuhan at all, but from a U.S. military lab in Maryland. Um, and it is really starting to gain traction in the Chinese media, um, which isn't surprising considering that right now anti-American sentiment is at a fever pitch in in China, which is, is again, surprising to no one considering some of the uh, divisive policies and rhetoric you know, out of the, the previous administration. Uh, not only are they making these claims, they're also, um, through their state media, um, calling into question the efficiency or the, or the effectiveness, rather, of Pfizer-BioNTech's vaccine um, after 23 elderly people passed away, you know, through the clinical trials. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 again, not super, super surprising, but it's, it's, it's interesting that it is gaining such momentum and it, it doesn't seem to have very much steam in terms of actual, you know, citations of, of where are you getting this information about, you know, this lab that it supposedly originated in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because this specifically uh, says that the Pfizer vaccine is not only lacking in efficacy, but that it's killing elderly people, right? It's also fascinating to me because in the early days of the outbreak, uh, China was cracking down hard on domestic narratives or statements that didn't fit the story they wanted to tell. And they called those things conspiracy theories, like, uh, like the various Chinese scientists who were claiming there were problems with the story or... Gosh, there was one expert who uh, themselves died of COVID-19, and they were saying that, that the infection was much worse than state media was allowing to be reported on air. I, yeah, I, I think I think there's no question that they were trying to muzzle folks that would get the word out. It was almost like a Chernobyl-type situation where it's like, we know something bad is happening. We know in all likelihood, if we just did something about it or said something about it sooner than later, the world might be able to react more effectively. But we don't want a bad look and be held responsible. So instead, we're just going to like hush everyone up and, and hope that it never gets out, which, of course, it was going to get out. So it just seems very counterintuitive. But that is the kind of response that the Chinese government is, is known for uh, in terms of like muzzling dissidents and, you know, keeping information under wraps um, it, really quickly. The, the name of the base in question or the military lab is Fort Dietrich in mm -hmm. Maryland. Um, and the hashtag uh, Americans Fort Dietrich started trending um, because of the community youth league in China and started trending on Chinese social media, Weibo, uh, where it was viewed, I think something in the neighborhood of like 2 billion times uh, and state media started uh, calling on authorities to investigate Fort Dietrich as a result of this. So, you know, kind of the example of them starting the hubbub themselves through the Community Youth League, which is a state organization, essentially, or a state-sponsored organization, and then demanding that an investigation take place. Uh, the quote, the official quote is, if America respects the truth, then please open up Fort Detrick and make public more information about the 200 or more biolabs outside of the U.S. And please allow the WHO expert group to go to the U.S. to investigate the origins. And that came from Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying, um, and that was her speaking to the Chinese state media, which, again, it's all kind of the same thing. It's all the same organization. Every, you know, all the hands are all shaking each other uh, and working in concert. So it, mm -hmm. it's hard to take some of these claims very seriously because they're kind of essentially just creating sort of a narrative that deflects blame from them. And we know that those uh, origin stories are pretty well vetted. You know, wouldn't you say? Or am I overstating the case there? I would say they're more well vetted than the um, the narrative here from the Chinese side. I was not aware. I had been looking at some of this stuff, but I was not aware 
how far back their story goes. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were saying, um, or elements of the Chinese media and government were saying this as far back as May of 2020. That's and right. It's a really good point, Ben. Yeah. Well, they're specifically referencing. Uh, they, they're not just. They didn't just pick Fort Detrick, you know, by throwing darts at a at a map of the U.S. From what I'm understanding, uh, before they got to Fort Detrick, they were looking for a way to, as you said, uh, turn this blame on the U.S. So it's like, what is our uh, very verbose version of "We're rubber, you're glue"? <laughs> and, right, uh, right, 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 right. And the U.S. said much the same that you've said. They said that this was a clear attempt at defection. Uh, in July of 2019, there was a shutdown of what are called biosafety level three and level four types of work at USAMRIID. And that is the Army's Biological Defense Laboratory. So that mm-hmm. part is true. It is a thing. It does study high-level pathogens and infections. But things like anthrax, things that can be weaponized for germ warfare, biological warfare, essentially. Well, that's the thing. Now it depends on who you believe, because a spokesperson for the Army Medical Research and Development Command said that uh, USA MRIID does not take part in offensive research. But, of course, why would you admit that if you did, right? Why would you be like, oh, yeah, yeah uh, for the original name for this lab was Smallpox City. Don't think they would do that. So it's it's tough to know what to believe, but I don't know. I don't see support that it came from the U.S. and then went to, was what? What's the implication? That it was transported surreptitiously to Wuhan and then deployed there? Is that the idea? It, it's, yeah. it's unclear. We have Matt, please. Yeah, there, there was... There's several narratives that have that came out over you know the last year or so, and and a lot of them had had to do with the United States traveling a special envoy that traveled to China, and you know then deployed it while they were there. Then the virus spread in China to look like it came from that area in Wuhan. Um, there are other ones that former President Donald Trump. He would he and many numerous others pointed to a very similar laboratory in Wuhan that remember, we talked about this on a previous episode that is supposedly where the weaponized version of this virus was released. It's interesting to me in this AP news article, they mentioned that and the last sentence in this article is in speaking on the Wuhan laboratory theory there. Here's the quote. While that theory has not been definitively ruled out, many experts think it is unlikely. But isn't that interesting that that's that's where the truth lies now? Mm -hmm. Something has not been definitively ruled out, but most people who know this stuff say it didn't happen. Well, but but it's also like a a pretty smart, like if you're going to call into question this narrative, it's a pretty good location. This is already shrouded in some mystery. Like you said, Ben, did they work with anthrax and Ebola or didn't they? Uh, There's we don't even know, you know, there's not even so it's a really smart kind of way of, you know, doing a little bit of a switcheroo kind of situation where people start to really question the truth if you repeat it enough. Um, Mm. So, you know, it's definitely uh, a tactic for sure. Uh, And we'll see if it actually, you know, has legs. But who is this for is my question. Like, it's for the Chinese people, right? It's to it's to stir up anti-American sentiment among Chinese citizens. It's not like it's going to change anybody's mind over here, right? Not the U.S., but that's I mean, that's a very back burner demographic. This conversation is meant for uh, people in other regions of the world, non-NATO countries, for instance. It also gives some fuel to um, it gives some pu- fuel to QAnon associated folks. Uh, and and it is like a lot of people don't understand this. So the CDC does a lot of stuff, right? It's also kind of a health inspector for some of these outfits. And what happened here is that Fort Detrick at high level research, they failed some health inspection stuff, just like a restaurant would, and a restaurant has to up its score. So some stuff did go wrong there, but it's a little bit of a leap to say that what went wrong was uh, also somehow necessarily means this group was in secret creating uh, COVID 
19 and then maybe based off MERS or something and then shipping it worldwide like some kind of uh, evil version of FedEx. Uh, Yeah, but but Ben, the TGI Fridays isn't handling infectious diseases on a daily basis. So their health health rating is a little less important than the the laboratory. (laughs) But, you know, but the analogy holds, I would say. It does, it does. A million percent. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you have to do a little bit of damage control. You have to steer the narrative a little bit, you know, do some some PR trickery. And that's absolutely what this is. Um, Point totally taken, Ben, about this mainly being directed to other regions. Also worth mentioning uh, that this lab was doing some of the earliest research with that kind of questionable cocktail of medication known as remdesivir, uh, which I believe has since kind of been debunked as, as an effective treatment for the coronavirus. But it was something that was being pushed pretty heavily, especially by the Trump administration. Yeah. So if you believe that uh, if you believe that there are some dastardly ne'er-do-wells at uh, Fort Detrick that are responsible for COVID-19, then wouldn't it make sense that they would also be some of the first people working on a quote-unquote cure? cure? (laughs) I mean, I again, I have seen Utopia now. And they wrote this thing in 2017 or whatever year, 2016, whatever year it was. (laughs) They wrote this entire thing. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, definitely worth watching and seeing how this plays out in, in the bigger picture, but uh, certainly interesting to see China kind of clapping back after uh, quite quite a long time of, you know, doing things like calling it the China virus and the Wuhan flu and the Kung flu and all that stuff, which, again, lots of racist undertones and othering. Uh, and it's to your point, Matt, in previous episodes – Words have power, you know, um, and even if this is sort of a, a little bit of trickery, I mean, you, you can't really blame them for trying to to deflect some of this, especially. Well, yeah. Right at the end here. Can we admit that we the three of us don't know where where this virus originated or where I, where it started? Right. A hundred percent. I certainly don't. And. And there is so much conflicting information out there and intelligence from various countries, intelligence agencies, that it is difficult to know. And, and you know, part of the giant struggle that humanity itself has faced throughout this is figuring out really where it began and how we can prevent this from happening again. Um, I would just say questions remain and it's it's tough to be certain right now. We can, I, I would be careful with, I mean, this is why I've always made that point about reading sources and language they use carefully, the best we can say now, the best anyone can say publicly is that COVID-19, SARS-CoV-19, was first identified in Wuhan. But be careful with that phrase, because identified is not the same thing as originating. We also, you know, were clearly uh, misled by our own country as to how early the virus was identified here. Oh, yeah. And so, it's happening again with the new variants. Exactly right. So, I mean, I, I, I hate to, you know, be the one suggesting don't trust anybody ever. But, gosh, it's just like we keep getting, you know, kind of fed a, a bill of goods, you know, or sold a bill of goods. You don't really get fed bills of goods. I guess you could. Um, but, yeah, it definitely calls a lot of the stuff into question and makes it hard to have a uh, to, to really know, which I think is what leads to so much conspiracy theories, theorizing and things like QAnon and all of that, because you can't really know. So why not just, you know, go down the rabbit hole and get weird with it? It's weird. I've had some really interesting conversations with some folks who got out of the QAnon belief system, and I've been Debating whether I'm going to make contact with some folks who are doubling down. We'll see. More in the coming days, I think. Oh, you're, you're right. That's a tough, it's a tough situation, right? Well, it's a sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and you know, a little spo- uh, teaser, uh, we have in conversation about that very topic on uh, this week's Listener Mail episode. All right. And on that note, we are going to take a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more strange news. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we are back. And we are coming to you with some news that is... At least the article that we're using as our primary source here is new, but it's an ongoing situation that's been developing for goodness over a year uh, in Mexico. And it's something that U.S. authorities and intelligence agencies have been dealing with for longer than that. So I'll just read you the headline here. It's coming from The Guardian. It is... Outrage after Mexico exonerates ex-defense minister in drug case. Okay, so ex-defense minister in some kind of drug case. Well, the, the person we are going to be talking about today is General Salvador Cienfuegos. He was arrested in October of 2020. While he was in the United States at the Los, at a Los Angeles airport and he was he was essentially being accused of being this person known as the Godfather with regards to some drug cartel activity within Mexico. It's a really tangled web here, but we're going to try and get you you know walk you through it as quickly as we can. So there is another story that we're going to refer to before we go back to that original one. It's from AP. It's titled Mexico Clears General Publishes U.S. Evidence Against Him. Okay, so in this, 
in this article, it describes exactly what evidence the United States officials had against this General Sinfuegos. And it's essentially um, conversations between known associates of a cartel. They're talking on Blackberries. And they were intercepted by the U.S. forces. And I'm going to read from this AP article to get you up to speed here. Um, There were documents that the United States government released. These these include intercepted text messages between the leader of the H2 cartel based in the Pacific Coast state of uh, Nayarit and a top aide who allegedly served as a go-between with this group, the H2 cartel, and the general. This uh, general was often referred to as the Godfather, and at one point as Salvador Sinfuego Cepeda. There is one exchange where this person told his boss that he'd been picked up by men with short military-style haircuts and was taken to the Defense Department headquarters in Mexico City for a meeting with, quote, the Godfather. And this guy tells his boss that the Godfather let him know uh, that you're we're going to do big things now. Uh, what we've done before was small time. And he says that as long as the Godfather is here, you will be free, that they will never carry out strong operations or raids. And there's more to this, and you can read all of it if you go to that that article I mentioned there on the AP, but it appears that there, there was some kind of evidence that was taken up in, uh, you know, eavesdropping on communications that was pointing to this person called the Godfather. And in one exchange, they actually have a person mention this, this general general Salvador Cienfuegos as the Godfather. So I guess they believed that all of this intelligence, you know, together meant that this guy was probably the person they were looking for. So the U.S. picked him up in Los Angeles and they tried to essentially make this uh, make this case stick and charge him with some of these things. But it ended up not going that way. And he was released back to uh, to Mexico and then Mexico dropped all the charges. And that's what this original article is all about. Um, how upset some of the general public is at the thought that their government at the highest, the most upper echelons of their government could be working with drug cartels to ship money and drugs and whatever else between, you know, Mexico and Colombia, Mexico and the United States and all these other countries and to do it with impunity. And then when one of the top people gets caught, nothing happens to them because they're above the law. Yeah, this is like, just just for comparison, this is like the U.S. Secretary of Defense uh, getting caught aiding and abetting domestic terrorism and then not getting fired. It's like like Canada catching the U.S. Secretary of Defense uh, helping terrorists uh, in a way that affects Canada. They go against it. They drop the charges and hand it back to the U.S. And the U.S. says, oh, well, you know, we're done here. Yeah, everything's fine. I was so excited that you made that comparison. It's exactly what it is. Well, this is so there's there's context here, too, that I don't want to lose. Uh, one of the big pieces is, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm off base here, Matt, uh, from what I understand, the president of Mexico, Obrador, was super pissed that the U.S. didn't tell Mexican officials that they were doing this investigation in the first place, which goes to the larger concern. Now, Obrador was a fan of the Trump administration, but that doesn't mean he can't get riled up about stuff, right? So the thing here that's fascinating is there is a, a not insignificant implication that the um, that the U.S. government or factions thereof may feel that the Mexican government is entirely compromised by cartels. I mean, this is it's also not a crazy as conspiracy theories go. It's not super crazy because cartels, you know, make a lot of money and they have compromised multiple police forces, multiple security forces. They control 70% of the drugs coming into the U S they're not hard up for cash and they're not hard up for influence. They also well, yeah. have no, no compunction 
about brutal retaliation. Well, yeah, I can totally see that. There's a flip side to it, too, though, that I think we've we've thought about and discussed on this show before. If the major actions that are being taken by cartels, if they were just manufacturing drugs and trafficking drugs, then you could save a lot of lives and a lot of money by just allowing that action to take place. That rather than having, you know, a military force that is not trained to fight a drug war, but trained to fight battles as a military, this is a point that the general had made several times. Like, I'm leading, uh, I'm leading a war effort that we were not trained to do. As he was, he was very anti-drug war. God, I'm kind of getting off track here. But if you allowed for those actions to take place, you could save money and you could save lives. Um, and by by having this, you know, war on drugs within Mexico, you are in a way creating a lot of the bloodshed. If it were not for the infighting between, you know, between different cartels, where there's lots and lots of bloodshed occurring there, where there's danger to citizens a lot of the times because of that bloodshed, uh, you do need, it does feel like you do need a protectionary, a protection force, essentially, like a military to have these operations. God, I kind of got lost in my thoughts there, but, but essentially it's just, there's, there's a case to be made for allowing drug trafficking to occur to prevent violence. But Ooh. then that doesn't stop the effects of that the drugs have on communities wherever they end up. Sure. Yeah. But th- those policies, we should we should point out places uh, that have decriminalized or legalized various substances. Uh, those those policies are also implemented hand in hand with support network policies, right? Like treatment centers, rehab, stuff like that. Uh, this, it definitely feels like there's a political tent to this story that I'm not fully aware of because for anybody who's wondering how often does this happen? Uh, it's, it's pretty rare for the U S law enforcement apparatus to drop drug trafficking charges like this. This guy, the general, was the highest military official in the land at one point in the, in the government of Mexico. And so there are a lot of international observers who are saying that this was a, um, on the U.S. side, that this was clearly a political decision to try to preserve the overall relationship and cooperation between the two countries. But it's strange because. When Mexico dropped the charges, the latest news is that the U.S. is considering picking those charges back up. So I wonder, I wonder what they're really fighting about. Right. It does feel bigger. It really does feel bigger. And there's another piece of this, Ben, uh, according to the end of this AP News article, they are saying that Mexico's Congress uh, very recently passed a law which is going to restrict U.S. agents, like intelligence agents, from being within Mexico. So, like, Ooh. I'm assuming reducing the number of operations that can occur there and how they would handle that. And also, while they are in Mexico on their soil, they would remove the diplomatic immunity that they would usually be given. Uh, and we've talked about before on the show about what diplomatic immunity gives you. Uh, we recently talked about it with uh, Saudi Arabian citizens who are in the United States and what that means. Diplomatic immunity is not quite as powerful as being a Saudi Arabian citizen in the U.S. Uh, just a, Almost. Yeah, it, it, it's around there. Um, it's definitely... The problem is uh, when comparing the two, that diplomatic immunity obeys laws. Uh, that's that's the primary differentiation there between the treatment. But but you're right. Uh, Stuff You Should Know, by the way, has a great episode on diplomatic immunity for anybody who wants to learn more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a solid argument in the case of uh, this type of law enforcement that some degree of immunity is requisite to accomplish the job and the objectives. But still, you know, it's the war on drugs. It's a huge bag of badgers. It's made a ton of money. Uh, 
it's made a ton of money for the people who claim to be fighting against drugs, right? I, I don't think you I don't think that's a controversial claim here in 2021. Uncle Sam made billions off of the drug war, and that is one of the um that is one of the factors that makes it easy to not trust the official narrative because it's been proven false and intentionally misleading before. I I don't know, man. Drugs just make so much money. And you're right, Matt, if there were a situation where things are decriminalized, uh, if not recreationalized, then what we've seen happen so far is that uh, it's not the end of society. It's just a different group of people making drug money. Someone's always going to be making money off of drugs. Someone will always be doing that. It doesn't matter what buzz phrases we use. The big question is who likes this, who who benefits from the status quo as it stands now? Who would benefit if the status quo changed? And uh, what kind of favors did the general call in? What do you think? He made some phone calls. He had to, right? Or he's got some dirt. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure, um, um, it, the, the only thing here, Ben, is that this isn't the first time it's happened. Uh, um, the previous, the, the predecessor of, of Cienfuegos was Gennaro Garcia Luna, who was arrested in Texas in December, 2019 on charges of taking giant bribes from the Sonola cartel in order to help them ship drugs into the U.S. So it may just be a systemic thing or a position. Once you get up to that position, you're kind of the godfather. Okay. Okay. Kind of like if you're the president, every plane you ride in is automatically Air Force One. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. I was not aware of Garcia Luna. Um, Noel, what do you think about this report? Do you, do you agree there's something more to the story or do you think it's just, I, I don't know, what's your take? I mean, I'm kind of with you. It does feel a little bit like something is being obscured here. Uh, I have no idea what it is, but it's certainly another one to watch, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And and just before you go thinking, oh, it's just weed or something, um, we'll just give you what Cienfuegos was accused of. Uh, he's accused of conspiring with H2 Cartel to smuggle thousands of kilos, so thousands of kilos of cocaine, heroin, meth, and marijuana into the U.S., and that was from 2012 to 2018 while he was defense secretary. Smuggling meth? Come on, That's man. unusual. Usually that stuff's made domestically. Right. That's, yeah. that's interesting. And you, can see, uh, you can see video footage of some of, the, some of the things being caught. I believe it's on that uh, the Al Jazeera article that I looked at for this. It's called Mexico ex-defense minister arrested in U.S. on drug charges. Oh, by the way, uh, 1,000 kilos for anybody uh, in the U.S. is a little more than one ton. Woo! So these are, t these are literal tons and tons of drugs. Yeah. That's a lot of street doses right there. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine. Yeah, super interesting find, Matt. Yeah, well, you know, who, who cares? If, if the heads of government can, can run drugs the way we kind of think the CIA did for a while, I mean, that's, what are you going to do? Does. Who cares? <laughs> does check out opium production or check out the poppy production in afghanistan look at, look at the dip under the taliban and then look at the rise later uh stuff not, they don't want me to think about yeah so not, i can sleep at night not saying it's one one to one solidly proven can, thing but we've heard from so many members of the military who have told us, you know, we had to protect these crops. Um, it's, yeah, there's there's definitely more to the story. And you know who really cares about it, I bet? This is a question I wanted to ask toward the end, Matt. Uh, I bet Salvador cares. What's he doing now? What's he doing right now? Does he listen to the show? No, he's chilling. He's retired, though, right? So yeah, he's, he's got time. He's good to go. He's, nah, he's, he's reading something on a porch somewhere. Uh, he was cleared of all all charges, right, January 14th, not too long ago as we record this. Uh, so he might still be celebrating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can totally imagine him just 
finding a yacht somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> or a drug sub. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, his successor is currently in office, uh, one Luis Gonzalez, and uh, I, I wonder if he's being referred to as the godfather. Um, I'm serious. Your point about maybe every secretary becoming a godfather automatically is is interesting. I don't know. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. I think you got to earn that place. You know, the the general and the defense minister is a title, but earning godfather is probably something a little different. Um, but it is weird. It is weird to think that top cartel officials, oh God, top cartel members would be visiting with a defense minister. That's a that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that, I think that's enough for for this, guys. <laughs> if uh, if you have any information on this, hey, did you work with the Godfather? Uh, you want to tell us a story? We're here. You can talk to us, unless it'll endanger you or us or anyone else. Don't don't go talk. For it. No, don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to go down for this dude. Um, all right, so you can uh, you can find us on social media. We're all over the place. Conspiracy stuff in most places. Conspiracy stuff show on Instagram. Yeah, a great place to tell us your tale would be to give us a call at our uh, toll-free hotline where you will hear Ben's dulcet tones welcoming you to leave your own personal three-minute message uh, slash story. Please let us know uh, if it's okay to use your name or what you'd like us to call you. And uh, if you'd like us to not use your name at all, we can also do that. That number is one eight three three stdwytk and if you are on the internet feeling charitable, why not uh, Why not throw us a rating on your pod scraper, pod catcher of choice? It does matter. We do appreciate it. If none of that quite uh, smuggles your drugs across the border, there's one other way you can always contact us. Let us know your opinion on the biblical Ark of the Covenant. Let us know your opinion on underreporting in Ethiopia. Let us know uh, what you think about the origins of what we're calling COVID-19. You can do all that and more by sending us a simple email where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, 
Get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.